And we hit record there. And what is going on, everybody? It is June 24th, 2021. This is podcast number 73. We were coming at you live from Detroit Lakes and Big Lake, respectively. We hope you were here for a good time. Hopefully not a long time. So uh, we'll hop right into it. But first of all, go ahead and rock us. Uh, I got to hit the setting. Oh, my God. Walters, go ahead and rock us uh, away. Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix with your lovely hostesses, Garlic Johnson. We're going to need to take a break here while I change my pants. And Josh Mitchell. Sitting here undefeated in everything I do, except fantasy football. No, I'm not allowed to handle crayons. <laughs> not after last time. <laughs> not after last time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Garlic and Josh. Fire that guy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix Podcast. I am one of your lovely, one of your lovely hostess, the Garlic Johnson. We are always joined by your other lovely hostess, the Joshua Mitchell. Say hi to the folks, Josh. Hi, folks. Nailed it. HiddenOaksOverdose.gmail.com and Anchor.fm slash HoodPod are places you can interact with us. We've just started a Discord server. We're going to try and stand that up. I imagine it'll be pretty quiet um, during the summer, probably only lively during the football season. But link in bio, as some other people would say, link in bio for our Discord server. You can also find out more about us and our league of record at HiddenOaksOverdose.com. That's Josh's baby. Uh, segment start times are down in the description below for you audio listeners and for you youtube listeners i figured out a way where i could make them accurate for you too but it depends on if i actually want to put in that effort so we will see um thank you levi oki for all the beautiful illustrations everyone can see at levi oki illustration on instagram is where you can find this beautiful artist and hire him to do stuff for you josh been a minute pal how we darn darn well had a visitor the other day um was he ugly or was he handsome super handsome oh Josh. Super. Um, yeah. No, was it your dad? It's going well. No, but he left me something. I just got to show it off to the folks. Uh, getting out of the way early. Oh, jeez. Uh, what a trophy. Yeah, so I'm just going to do the rest of the podcast like <laughs> this, if that's okay. <laughs> I hear... Uh, I hear that trophy is so good and so uh, well-crafted and so well-thought-out that it's actually featured on the Sterling Trophy website, so... Uh, yeah, that's not that's not going to come in well, but Josh is the dynasty champion. He finally got his trophy out of uh, bumfuck nowhere, North Dakota, where T was hiding it for all these months. But yeah, it, had to hose it down too. <laughs> it was she was dusty. T to definitely not maintain the trophy, so we might want to think twice about giving it to him next time. Maybe I'll just hold it for him if he were to ever win again, which he probably won't. So I mean, I'm fairly confident that he used it as like a table leg to prop up a table. <laughs> Nemo might have chewed on it a time or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josh, we How were... are you, Gar? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, life's good. Sun's shining. It's not, uh, you know, 100 degrees with uh, 88% humidity anymore, so I'm not afraid to go outside and just be drenched in sweat the second I do. Um, we were going to do this earlier in June, but then, uh, you know, someone had a bit of COVID, Josh. How'd, how'd that treat you, pal? Well, I'm still alive, so nice try, COVID. <laughs> um, honestly, I thought it was allergies for the longest time. And then it's very possible that it started off as allergies, but transitioned into COVID because when I did test positive, it 
felt like I got hit by a bus. I slept 36 <laughs> hours over the course of few days. Didn't cough, didn't have a fever, just slept, um, had migraines, which I guess is kind of a warning sign too, but, um, yeah, healed pretty good. Got some antibodies in my pro body and ready to go. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, I told Josh the story and it's not a very funny story. It's just like a weird world ironic thing. So obviously last year we had ended all the pods or I'd ended all the pods with stay safe because COVID was happening and there was a bunch of social justice stuff, but mainly it was about COVID, you know, virus going around killing people. And I think it was literally like the day or maybe a day or two after I, cause I was making this note sheet a while ago and I removed stay safe from the, from the note sheet. I was like, Oh, COVID's finally over. We're good. I don't need to say, I don't need to say, stay safe, say, stay safe anymore. And it, like, right as I took it out, get a snap from Josh with a positive COVID result. I was like, sheesh, COVID ain't fucking playing pal. So. Cause you, uh, you got rid of that. And I just, I stopped listening. Immediately. <laughs> you stopped li- That's what it took. Huh? Right after that, you're like, I don't need to fucking stay safe anymore. Guard guard deleted it. So we're Gucci. Right. I licked the floors at the local hospital. <laughs> uh, so what's up? Are we, Oh, we're just, we're okay. We're at chit chat. Yeah. We're just at chit chat okay. dog. You got your you f- ticket one. Yeah, I know. I was getting to it. You got your tickets for fast nine tonight or what? No, I do not. Um, Why? I work tomorrow. And? And if... I'm not even going to say it. I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I hope they do Paul Walker some justice. I was going to say, I don't want to go see some like scary movie knockoff of a bunch of other good movies. I mean, they already got rid of Paul at the end of seven. Did Paul, they? Paul died a long Paul died a long time ago. Like it's in been years. Or in the movie? Well, they didn't they didn't kill him off in the movies, but they like gave him a well, he rode off into the sunset. Oh yeah, I remember that part. Um but then I'm just I'm just saying that because he died while that was in post production, correct? And they had they kind of added that. Right, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I want them to do something. I want somebody to be out there just hacking at a palm tree. Just taking it out because wasn't it he crashed into a palm tree. I something, want that to something be like that. A solid forty-five minutes of the movie, just axe to palm. What is wrong as, with you? As a tribute, they're attacking the palm tree that killed him. All right, this I, that is not the turn I thought this was going to take. I, I thought I was just going to talk about how going to the movies by yourself is cool, and I love going to the movies by yourself. But uh, you know, some people frown upon it. But I'm going to the movies by myself tonight to see this movie. But whatever, I mean, Josh, I, you just you just I did that weird thing and... with the palm tree. Yeah, sorry, COVID <laughs> brain. I'm going to use that excuse for the next 15 years. There are long-term adverse effects of COVID, Josh. You're going to suffer with like blood clots and stuff, heart inflammation. I mean, sheesh. Rowing's already taken its toll on me. So. <laughs> oh, no. All right, we'll get we'll get right into it. Josh's life is uh, is hard enough as it goes. We'll hop right into the old fan tasty zone here, Josh. Um, the fan tasty zone now brought to you by. Uh, Skybusters. I don't know if he wants me to say Skybusters or the Skybusters or the Skybusters, but uh, the Fantasy Zone is officially sponsored all season by the Skybusters. So thank you so much, Skybusters, for bringing us this fantastic segment. Josh, who do you got for uh, some little snackies, other other smaller sponsors tonight? Well, I just wanted to, since he was such a generous contributor, I wanted to provide him with a with his tagline as well. So Skybusters, when they say the sky is the limit, we bust right through it. <laughs> Is that his tagline? Have you been working in marketing for him? Because I, I didn't get that. Maybe to text it to you individually, but no, um, no, I, I did. I'm, I'm trying to merge my way into marketing if this uh, state shutdown does in fact happen. Um, 
that way I have a fallback plan. Um, but yeah, no sky busters. Like I said, when they say the sky's the limit, we bust right through that. Fuck that sky. Um, but so that was his tagline. Do you have any drinks or snacks or, uh, yeah, I have a butterfinger. Excellent. Um, crispy, crunchy peanut buttery bar. Um, it's been sitting in my uh, snack drawer for a little bit here because I knew that I had to save it for this. Um, but yeah. And then I have a Spindrift Pink Lemonade. Unsweetened Lemonade. What the fu- Unsweet Lemonade? What are you doing? Do you hate yourself? Yeah, apparently I want <laughs> cancer too. Jesus. Uh, well, I got I got one of my uh, Al-contributed iced teas here, the peach tea. I think this is can number 10. Maybe can number 11. I don't know. It's a... Uh, Low, low double digits, high single digits, whatever can it is. So I'll be popping that beach open. And then I sent this snap to the group today. The fight against diabetes gets harder and harder. I have a Reese's peanut butter uh, flavored cupcakes. So, you know, like the black and white cupcakes you can find at, you know, any any convenience store anywhere. These are Reese's flavored and... I mean, what are they doing to me, Josh? They want me to die by the time I'm 35. They want my blood sugar to be off the charts. I don't. It's just not fair. They've stopped putting razor blades in candy and started putting <laughs> cream filling in. Those, ba- those bastards. Cream filling tastes much more better than razor blades. Just in case you're wondering, as a man who's uh, tried both. So, all right, Josh. We should probably actually talk about football stuff. Huh? This is a football podcast, allegedly. Yeah. So a big thing in the offseason that people talk about just for something to talk about is the big old June deadline. There's pre-June 1 and post-June 1 stuff. I mean, really, that June date itself is a myth because you can just make moves and then designate them as post-June first if you do it pre-June. So like Kyle Rudolph, we cut him in fucking March, but we just designated him as a post-June 1 cut. So we didn't realize like the salary cap room until post-June 1. So Rodgers or Julio or whoever else could have been traded before June 1st, but they didn't. However, Julio did move. Did you expect Julio to go to the Titans? How'd you feel about it? Uh, maybe not the Titans until I saw AJ Brown's kind of recruitment videos. I thought that those were hilarious. Sure. Um, so he definitely will provide some support for um, Tannehill there after losing Janu. Um, but I, I do think that AJ is still kind of going to be that number one guy just because he has that rapport with uh, Tannehill. Obviously, Julio is a talent, but he only plays nine games out of the year. So, the, uh, this most recent season is like the only season he's missed games. Your narrative is you're peddling misinformation. I'd say. Well, I just I want to draft him, Dar. But <laughs> you're trying to trying to put his stock down a little bit. Yeah, I heard he burns flags and whatnot. No, oh. that wouldn't work in my one league. Never mind. Um, Jesus. All right. So, Josh, you're absolutely dead inside just uh, by the fact that this has been drug on so long. But, Rogers, nothing's happened. Will anything happen before training camp? Oh, I'm sure a lot will happen. But whether or not we can believe what they say is happening is a different story. Um, saw another article today about the, the 60% chance that Rogers gets traded to the Broncos. And then, like it said that in the top part of the paragraph, and then the bottom is, remember, this is all speculation. So 60% chance speculation. All right. Thank you, Sex Panther. Um, but um, honestly, yeah, just let something happen. I don't care. Resign, trade them away for a bajillion dollars. Um, 
this offense can run through love. It's not going to be ideal. Obviously you want the reigning MVP, greatest arm talent ever, but uh, this offense isn't going to be anything. It's, it's run through the tight ends and the running backs. So, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then you, I think you typed in the, or Watson thing. Maybe I did without remembering, but do you, I mean, Watson's not going anywhere at this point, right? I mean, it, it, the latest thing I read was that he still wanted to get out of Houston. Something just he'd recently, I think Pat was saying that he recently showed himself working out again and posting on it in social media, which, um, I don't know. He doesn't strike me as somebody who would, um, not listen to a lawyer, but I feel like he shouldn't be posting on social media during this time. It just gives more people opportunity to rip him. Um, but there, it sounds like they're trying to drag on that lawsuit. Um, so who knows if he even plays or moves or what, right okay so i mean yeah not a whole lot of football stuff going on at the moment or not much that we care about i guess uh, first openly gay player active openly gay player carl nassib thought that was pretty cool good for him um i put that in the notes josh you did it i did notes so like obviously um, obviously gay people have played in the nfl before but just no one was comfortable enough to be open about it and then sam martin got drafted but then i don't think he ever actually made a team or had any like real game reps so i mean this is a big deal yeah no and, and um listening to pat the other day he definitely broke it down to where it you know now now there are people out there who if they have somebody to kind of follow it's not like that was carl's plan to become the the leader of of the um gay and lesbian population i guess there's not lesbians in nfl yet but um didn't want to be the leader of that but he's definitely now kind of breaking through that uh he's busting through that sky some might say to uh to allow others to come out obviously like you said there have been former nfl players who have come out but that's when they're not necessarily in the limelight anymore um i wasn't i mean i wasn't just gonna mention him um or i wasn't gonna do much more than just mention him um but i put him in there because i don't know if you've seen go do you have google pulled up uh not it wouldn't be convenient it would slow my computer down okay i was gonna say it if you type in carl nassib in google the top two options are not Carl Nassib gay, Carl Nassib NFL. It's Carl Nassib Republican, Carl Nassib Trump. It took less than 24 hours for them to turn this into a political thing. So (laughs) marketing is uh, outrage is by far the most effective marketing tool of the past decade. So, I mean, that's that's how you get the clicks. That's how you get the interaction. That's what everyone's doing. So, yeah, but apparently he's a registered Republican. So there are people in the gay and lesbian community coming out against him now, which I don't know. I'm stupid. I don't want to make a huge generalization here, but if I had to guess, there's probably maybe a couple of card carrying Republicans that heard there's a gay guy in their mess. And there's like, well, hang on a second. So sure it's uh outrage no, yeah, on both no, sides yeah. absolutely but good for carl for doing that yeah 100 percent. i support him the next most interesting thing within the lgbtq plus community would be if a trans player makes it into the nfl that'd be interesting whether it was a girl transitioning into a guy guy transitioning to a girl that would be i'd love to see that probably not for another decade if i had to guess but that'd be something about, really cool to see what about a clown car of lesbians or <laughs> homosexuals uh <laughs> you're you're setting your bar too low here we want to go outrageous <laughs> okay josh i'll let you go outrageous um one other thing i wanted to put in the fantasy zone uh i've already mentioned at the top of the show we're trying out a discord community um it's got it's it- 
it, it's it's a mixed bag because you want you don't want people's phone to be blowing up constantly if just a couple people are having the conversation. But it's also a much more effective. So I said it to mentions only, so people won't be in there probably on their own actively. But um, it's much better than Facebook. Like I made a Facebook post this morning, just advertising that we were doing a show tonight. And as of right now, that post has still only reached two people. And you know, some people don't go on Facebook during the day or whatever. But it's like Facebook stinks to try and get to your fans. The, like literally the most effective way to directly communicate to your fans is via like a text campaign or an email list and i don't think we want to do that so the next best thing i think in the modern age is discord so um yeah we'll see how that goes i'm not going to abuse the at everyone notification but i'll definitely do it for shows and maybe one other time earlier in the week if people want to get ready to contribute to the show but otherwise i think that's just a better way to communicate directly i don't know if you i mean i don't know you don't really do anything with our socials but i don't know if you have any thoughts on such a thing as being someone who's on discord or other social media platforms no, I think I think we can roll with it. See see how it goes for a bit. Good opportunity for people to post questions because it is more convenient than logging into Facebook and finding a post. You're just opening up Discord and go, oh, there's a couple of cute guys. Let's see what they're up to. Right, and people definitely, if they want to be more involved in the Discord, be more part of the conversation, you can definitely go in and change your notification settings to get you know all the messages in the general chat or all the messages in the meme of the week or whatever. If you love memes, but at a default, I didn't want everyone's phones to be blown up 24/7, so I set the default to be notifications only. And if you want to change that, you can go in and change it yourself. So, but the only I'm- person I can think of complaining about this would be Brian, because he's like, "You want me to try something else?" But Sorry, Brian. Facebook stinks. Sorry, Josh. You were going to say? Oh, yeah. I'm just, just throwing it into all my uh, Galaxy Quest uh, Discord channels. Are you? Yeah, there's only a couple hundred people in each of those. So. Come talk about football with us. All right. That's the Fantasy Zone brought to you by the Skybusters. Josh, what was their motto again? One more time. Their slogan? Um, they say the sky is the limit, but we help you bust right through it. <laughs> There you go. Love it. All right, Josh, let's move on. Just wanted to touch on this really quickly, no more than a couple minutes. Um, the NFL draft, we reacted to that super fast, super hot, re- very sensationalist. Um, have your thoughts at all changed since the draft and the players you guys took? Minicamp also happened. Obviously, Roger's not there, so J-Lo gets more of an opportunity. Devontae does show up, but uh, any any thoughts post-draft on the rookies or anything out of minicamp you care about? Anything noteworthy? Nope. Nothing at all, huh? Nope. Nothing happened anywhere. Now, if Rodgers would have had some sort of movement, then we might have had an issue. Um, but no, I, I didn't hear anything. I know that the the they tried to say that love stinks, and then the second day they tried to say he's HOF, and then the third day I didn't hear anything. So he probably died. He hit all three extremes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, J Lo is running the offense though. So I mean, they're getting a look at him like just when like when Favre would take the summers off. That's when Rogetown really got to show his stuff to the the staff there. So this is J Lo's opportunity to prove himself worthy of taking over Rogers, and the, and the organization can play a little more hardball, or uh, or you know they're like God, this guy actually fucking stinks. We're gonna need everything we need to do everything we can to get rogers back in so it's a good opportunity for the team to learn and grow um but nothing out of like any other rookies like amari rogers or i can't think of anyone else you guys took but no significant stories from from what i've heard they had some good depth um they're expecting rashawn gary who's not a rookie but he's a young guy who um, needs to who didn't necessarily do much as rookie in sophomore year he stepped up last year Uh, they're expecting him to contribute more on the d line the end um he he was most one of the most efficient pass rushers last season in the NFL, like up there with Donald. So good for him. Um, 
he just didn't get the opportunities. Um, and then uh, Amari Rogers has been compared to Cobb, but a more athletic Cobb. So um, we'll, we'll, I'll take that. Um, I'm just hoping that maybe that's Green Bay Press putting that out there. Like, yeah, this guy's this guy's like Cobb on steroids. He's great, Rogers. I mean, Aaron. I mean, come on, come home, Aaron. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, moving on to the Vikes, I mean, nothing too crazy out of us either. I mean, Kalman was taking some snaps. I think the I think the story that most fans liked was that, uh, we obviously, we signed Patrick Peterson, so there was a story coming out that Justin Jefferson was, like, uh, you know, verbally jawing with Patrick Peterson, saying, like, I, always, I want Peterson, I want the best coverage, this and that. So it's just, I mean, it's something you like to see out of a, a hungry young wide receiver. Just a cool little storyline, I think, that uh, was very popular on our subreddit. So, um, I mean, that's fun to see. Uh, Ezra Cleveland staying at guard. It looks like we originally drafted him as a tackle, but it looks like he'll stay at guard um, with Darisaw going out left and Brian O'Neill staying right. So those are just really, really small things. Um, and then we'll see how Davis does at our other guard positions. So uh, we did get one mail in. I kind of reached out to some folks, and uh, Carmel hit me back. I also didn't follow up with any of the folks after reaching out to them on Monday, so it's definitely my fault we didn't get more in. But um, actually, I'll save Carmel's voice because I did get two messages from Eric. He's, it's currently midsummer over in uh, Latvia, and uh, he is getting drunk off his uh, gore. So um here's just a couple messages i got from eric's he says uh, senior correspondent out in the field for the steelers tomlin proved he's the best coach ever by talking haskins into getting a vaccine a comeback story happening question mark also haven't seen any tiktok dances featuring steelers rookies so i'm pretty optimistic about the draft class so that's that's uh, eric's out in the field reporting we appreciate you eric's and then uh here's carmel bear senior colts correspondent he left us uh, a nice little uh voicemail here Let's see what uh, Carmel Bear has to say. Hey, boys, it's your friend Carmel Bear reporting from Jim Ursay's Sex Dungeon. Getting you the inside scoop while getting inside scooped. What do I have to say about the Colts that hasn't already been said during the time after the draft? It took a page out of our Holy Father's playbook and focused on keeping the family together, re-signing the family we have, and not using that ample salary cap on outside playmakers. What is surprising and more important, though, is the team switched from Red Gatorade to Blue. Why the change? What? Sure, blue reflects more light and gives the players a burst of energy. And you can't tell if they split on their jerseys, but why the major shakeup? Just like my book says, Don Dia style a red Gatorade. Rest easy knowing that I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Now I want to... Oh my god, he's coming back. I'm sorry, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Carmel Bear, you're a fucking gem, dude. If, uh, I, I if really anything ever were to happen to you... I mean, he like, was at Jim Ursay's house. You think he's been at Jim Ursay's house the whole time? Because he was there pre-draft and post-draft, I think. Do you think he's been there this whole time? Probably. I mean, I would be. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Jim Ursay is the kind of guy that's going to let him get out. So, um, But I do need to know the how this Gatorade color change resolution comes to be. Because if they stick with blue... It's an embarrassment or what? The disrespect. Yeah. Everybody knows that orange or yellow is the best. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Carmel Bear, uh, a.k.a. Levi Oki, senior Colts correspondent out in the field getting scooped inside at Jim Ursay's sex dungeon. We appreciate your hard work and your dedication. <laughs> I, hope, I hope nothing bad happens to you uh, in that sex dungeon. Hopefully you like it. Um, but if not, you know, that's, that's not good. 
All right, Josh, let's move on to the meat of the potatoes of the show today. We're here to talk about our Dynasty League. Obviously, we drafted a month ago. We were hoping, or more than a month ago, almost two months ago. We were hoping to do this sooner, but COVID happened, and then I did a little traveling. But here we are. Maybe we can drum up a little more interest in our in our Dynasty League members anyways by talking about it later versus talking about it right away. They could be a little more engaged over the summer. So, Josh, we had uh, – last year we had – Mr. Jack Vickers help us uh, do a little write-up for the teams. You know, I, I don't remember how many pages it was. I want to say like maybe 20, maybe 30 um, with, with some page breaks in there and like a title page and all this and that. And I thought it was, I thought I did a pretty good job. And so I was like, all right, Jack, since you already have established, you kind of know about these teams and you already wrote about them last year, let's kick it a nickel. Let's see what you can say about these teams this year uh, with some pre-draft thoughts and then some post-draft thoughts and uh, – I don't know if Jack thinks he's the next fucking, like, Ernest Hemingway or something, but this fucker wrote 65 pages, single-spaced. How, how, how does he expect us to have the time to read it? My attention span is, like, 30 seconds for any one thing. Well, I'll, I'll give everybody out there a spoiler. There's not a single picture, so can't even color on anything. Um, it's... It's yeah, I saw the I saw the uh, when I opened it. You know how sometimes the scroll bar takes some time to fully load. I just saw it keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I was like, all right, there's got to be a bunch of blank pages or something. No, there's just <sighs> all words. All right, Josh, I hate to have to do this, but apparently Levi Oki's thing was played with no audio. Do we play it again now so the streamers can hear, or do I just put it back in post and the audio listeners can hear it later? What do you think? Because I fucked up. Well, as long as you keep that comment in there, then I don't care what we do. All right, I'll play it again real quick, and then we'll just pretend it never happened. Hey, boys, it's your friend Carmen by reporting from Jim Ursay Sex Dungeon. Getting you the inside scoop while getting inside scooped. What do I have to say about the Colts that hasn't already been said during the time after the draft? It took a page out of our Holy Father's playbook and focused on keeping the family together, re-signing the family we have, and not using that ample salary cap on outside playmakers. What is surprising and more important, though, is the team switched from red Gatorade to blue. Why the change? Sure, blue reflects more light and gives the players a burst of energy, and you can't tell if they spilled on their jerseys, but why the major shakeup? Just like my abuela says, don't be a style of red Gatorade. Rest easy knowing that I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Now I want to... Oh my god, he's... I'm sorry, I gotta go by. Dude, that's why the cold react is so important. How we reacted the first time was so good and genuine. It was so funny. The blind react is huge. So, Carmen Bear, you didn't get a good reaction the second time, but now the audio's in there. So, uh, sorry about that. It's, uh, you know, summer. It's it's hard on my brain, so... Um... Alright, Josh. Back to the back to the dynasty. So, Jack wrote a fucking 65-page document. Did you actually even read this thing, or did you just make it up and you're just going to talk about these teams like out of your ass? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. Um, uh, no, I I read some of it. I read well. I read the parts that I was told to read. Um, but before we get into it, do you want me to give you the rankings based on uh, how many words each section got or each team got? Absolutely. This this is a very good data point. I'm here for it. Like this this is uh, this is why people listen. Um. So the overall word ranks mm-hmm. starts off with yours truly, the dynasty champ. Yep. With five thousand ninety-eight words in my write-up. Nice. Coming in second is none other than the uh, second place team, Derek, with okay. four thousand nine hundred sixty-two. Connor coming in at third sounds familiar. 
Um, cause then he come in third in dynasty as well. Uh, yeah. 4,771 words. T comes in fourth with 4,001. Jalen, 3,676. Jesse, 3,572. Gar, 3,546. Not last. Kevin, 3,036. Brad, 2,991. Brian, 2,765. So if you heard that number, those are the number of words in a single team's profile. I don't even think I have 1,000 words in my write-up on it. And that covers four teams, five five teams. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's but the extra content, that's for... I mean, Jack is making this for the league exclusively. We're just here to like cherry pick some cool points for the podcast. We, I mean, we'd have to take six podcasts to try and break this thing down. So you got you to gotta leave the listeners wanting more. You want to go, Brian, to go, well, what fucking... Of those 3,000 words or whatever, you know, what do you say? So... Brian, you don't want to know. Um, <laughs> moving on. So do, how are, I guess I, I could start because your team was number one on the document, correct? Yeah, we'll just go back and forth. So I ordered these, like, so I gave this all to Jack with no names or anything. So he didn't know who the teams were. He could have inferred if you remember from last year. It sounds like he wasn't smart enough to do so. So he just graded all these teams uh, based in draft order. I just numbered them and took all their identifiers away. So yeah, we'll just go one, two, three, four, all the way down to 10 and uh, we'll go every other. That's how we prepared it. So how great am I, Josh? So yeah, starting off with Garlic's 3,546 word breakdown, here is what I pulled out. The 2022 review. So I have three different sections in each of my reviews. I did what Jack had as his 2020 review, his overall positions, um, the 21 prediction, and kind of what place or where you'd finish. So the 2020 review, he likes your offseason moves of AP for essentially DJ Dallas in a fourth, as well as the Bucks defense. In the offseason with Fitz or late season, Fitz was a good signing now that he's in Washington and potentially started with all those weapons. As far as position groups go, he gave your quarterbacks an A minus grade because of Fitz, Murray, and the Brady option. Um, but age is an issue for your quarterback too. So if Murray were to go down after Brady and Fitz retire in 10 years, um, then you got to kind of work on that a little bit. But Murray healthy, you're good. Um, RB, he likes guys. <laughs> He said that in there, likes your guys, um, but uh, not necessarily some of the situations. Um, so Madison, Rojo, Lindsay, they're all solid running backs in Jack's eyes, but not necessarily in the best situation overall. Um, youth with acres is a bright spot for the future. So you should be set there for with an RB one uh, for the next few years. Wide receiver, top third of the league talent-wise with Ridley as wide receiver one, now that there's no Julio. And then Allen with Herbie Hancock at quarterback, throwing, slinging that rock. He should be solid in those top two. Uh, tight end, he said he needed to change pants after seeing your tight end depth. Um, such depth, much like Phantom Waller, could essentially be in your starting lineup each week. Um, he says your 21 prediction set up for the future, but not a championship roster unless your rookies from this draft break out. At the time of my reading... He said you are going to get fifth or sixth place. Aw, Jack, that's not very nice. So is that that's everything you got? Yep. Okay. Uh, for what it's worth, in the power rankings pre-rookie draft, uh, Jack had me ninth. And then for draft grade rankings, though, he gave me an A, which was his second best grade. Well, I mean, there was a lot of people that had an A, but he put me in second specifically, so... 
suck it, nerds. I probably moved up at least one spot in those power rankings. Uh, moving on to team two, which is the Bry guy, the Skybusters, who brought us the Fantasies on today. Uh, I did a little differently than Josh, so the breakdowns won't be equal, but Brian, this document will be available to you shortly, so you can uh, read every single word. How many words was it again, Josh, for Bry guy? Well, now that he updated the post-draft thing, I have no idea. Well, how many um, words was it? 2,765. And this was the least, Brian, so I mean, he didn't care enough about you. But anyways, uh, he talks about your day one trade because, I, Jack, I left notes that you had taken over the team uh, this spring from Nate, who was an, pretty much an inactive owner last year. I mean, he could send me a lot of hateful messages, but won't even change his lineup, so that was a weird thing. But um, yeah, he talked about your day one trade. We all kind of mocked you, the Mike Davis for Denzel Mims and your second, but uh, I mean, Falcons haven't done anything with that backfield, so I mean, today I'd say you definitely won that trade i mean the uh, falcons could still sign someone todd Gurley's still out there a couple of their veterans but i mean right now mike davis is looking like the starter so you definitely have won that trade um retroactively in my mind uh for qb brian jack thinks this is your best position and he gives you a b plus just from uh, lamar jackson's talent alone but Derek carr he doesn't think will take you anywhere so you better pray jackson stays healthy moving on to running back he says you pretty much have a lot of no names and lottery tickets here at running back you've got chris carson but after that it gets rough with Kenyon drake being your second best he thinks this is your worst position group and he gives you a c minus you need some major major work in your running back room uh for wide receivers he thinks this group's a little bit better um he ends up giving you a b plus for this position rank um you have two solid options at the top uh, but after that he he worries about who you'll put into that third wide receiver spot every week and who you might end up putting in your flex so um he's hoping obj works out for you i believe you have obj if that's correct but um Amari Cooper and Mike Evans should be uh, should be fine. So it just depends on if OBJ stays healthy and stays on the field. Uh, tight end, he gave you a C plus with hope for bigger. If he thinks Jimmy Graham is Dunsky, so uh, yeah, bigger of Smith. He's hoping breaks out for you this year. Lastly, with your 2021 prediction from the Jack of All Greats, says, for now, probably going to be tough seeing this team making the playoffs, but I could easily see you jumping um, from nine up to six or the seven range if you make the right drafts or if you had the right draft or you made the right trades. I think any time a newcomer takes over a dynasty team, I would give them the benefit of the doubt for two years. Beyond that, the blame goes to them. Not saying uh, you can't build a championship squad in two years if you're given crap. They're not saying you can build a championship squad in two years if you're given crap, but it's, a, it's at least a enough time to improve you've already shown you're hitting the ground running with a quick trade out of position and need and as long as you come into the draft prepared and hopefully can swing another trade or two that will be plenty of time um, for you at least to play for a playoff spot i'm pulling for you jack says so yeah he uh, he thinks you're not going to do very well this year so i mean I, he didn't he never put in recommendations for tanking but i mean based on everything he said how he thinks you're going to be a garbage team if jack were to recommend anyone tank which i don't know if he believes in tanking he'd probably tell you to tank or at least i would so something to think about bry anyways josh that's that's the bry guy um go on to team number three team number three we've got kevin Mr. 3036 words. 2020 review. No moves makes Jack a sad panda. Um, didn't make any moves, but he does like the improvement since 2018. And he said, take note, team two. So Brian, take note. Um, overall, position groups. QB was a solid options with hope for Tua to develop. 
Um, but then you got the boomer bust with Kirk and Tanny. So I believe half of their games last season were um, below kind of that average threshold. The other half over Kirk obviously finished strong. RBs, you got RB1-2 locked with JT and Jacobs, which makes Jack smile. After that, you might hit on some of the young guys, but the situations are a bit shaky. Uh, wide receivers, you got some high upside in Debo. No, it worked out this way because I wrote Debo Samuel, but isn't that his name? Yeah. Yeah, it's Debo, Curtis Samuel, and Cortland Sutton. Just about confused myself. Sorry, listeners. After that... Um, so you have a strong first tier with some uh, second tier crapshoot of about five guys each week. So not not a bad wide receiver group. Uh, tight end, he gave you a B plus. Now I don't know if I just missed it in um, your three thousand five hundred words or Kevin's three thousand thirty six, but I did not get a letter grade for some of them. Um, so one letter in three thousand words. Got to give should, me a break. Should guys. we fire him? Unbelievable um, the inconsistencies. But yeah, uh, tight ends, you got a B plus uh, due to the, your depth and having Gesicki. Um, but Johnny with Henry and Cam's passing is a bit underwhelming for a backup tight end. Um, for his 2021 prediction, better than five and eight and safe at every position with no standouts. So Jack has you flirting with a playoffs spot or six to seven wins. Excellent. And I forgot to say it So for Brian, so I'll say it real quick. Brian, he had you as the bottom of his power rankings. You were dead last in 10th place. And then, Brian, you were you got a C-plus, which was the ninth place uh, for the draft grade. Um, and then this was Kevin here. Kevin, you were ranked 7th in the power rankings. Um, and then your draft was given a grade of an A, but that was ranked 5th. Um, there were a bunch of A's in front of you as well. So, for what it's worth, Kevin. Uh, moving on to team number four, we have got the Bradster, the Bradamaniac, Mr. Itchy Tech himself. Um, what did I write down here? Oh, well, my highlights are gone. Oh, no, I have a case of the Josh. All right, I'll just make it up as I go. Kicking off with your QB room, I like that you um, have multiple options. Uh, let's see, who does Brad have in his room? He's got Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow. So you got that going for you, Bradsky. Um, he also says for your <laughs> quarterbacks. Oh, did he not give a letter grade here either? Oh, my God, Jack. The inconsistencies. I just can't handle it. Um, well, I guess I don't know. I'm going to guess your running back room gets a B. I'm just going to guess that's what uh, that's what Jack wanted for you, Brad. Moving on to your running backs. He feels pretty good this year, but I'm a little worried about your future. For reference, Brad, ha- Brad has Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, uh, and Leonard Fournette would probably be his third best. So definitely Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, questionable futures. Um, did he give a letter grade here? Give you a B. Um, a B. So... That's not bad. Wide receiver looks very top-heavy. Brad has DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Justin Jefferson, and Jarvis Landry. So I would agree that's top-heavy. So as long as those guys stay healthy for your Brad, Jack thinks you'll do great. He gave your uh, wide receiver group an A-. And for uh, tight end, he... Uh, ha, 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 ha. Brad has Robert Tunyon, uh, and that's pretty much it. So, Brad, you better hope that Robert Tunyon does a good thing for you this upcoming year. And I did not see a letter grade for Robert Tunyon. A plus. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That seems like. I mean, he was the tight end three last year. He was very touchdown dependent. Touchdown Tunyon. Um, so I mean, if he plays, that's great. But Bradley's next best tight end is Kyle Rudolph. So, and he's on a team now with Evan Ingram. So if you thought Kyle Rudolph was a bad fantasy option last year, 
Anyways, uh, Brad, finishing off with your 2021 prediction, this team feels pretty decent across the board on paper and seems poised to compete for this year especially. There are some question marks. How will Burrow bounce back? Is Tunning a legit tight end? Will Cooks and Fournette perform like 2020? But if things break right, you have a chance to push for top four. Unfortunately, I just see the wheels falling off at running back in two years if your team stays how it is currently. And while I love your one-two punch at wide receiver, your quarterback, tight end, and tight end positions are not good, or I'm sorry, are not good, are good, not elite. Reading is very hard, folks. And so I don't think uh, that will be enough for you to overcome. I expect you to flip a win and a loss this year, assuming you remember to set your lineup and at least be 500. But you've got some work to do if you don't want to end up in the bottom couple by 2023. So, Brad, this is your year to shoot your shot, it sounds like. If not, you're doomed. Um, Brad, you were sixth in the power rankings, and then he graded your draft with a B, and you were sixth best in the draft as well. So, good luck. Jesse, 3,572 words to describe your dumpster <laughs> fire of a team. Oh, no. Um, Jack said in 2020 review that you killed the draft for the 2020 season, but no moves, none during the season was shooking. I broke shocking, but I wanted to say shooking. Shooking. Um, and looking back, yes, Jesse did have a killer draft. Uh, CEH, Brandon Yuck, Gibson, and Claypool were his first four picks. So pretty solid contribution as rookies. Um, position groups, uh, QB room, Gave you a B. Rodgers as the MVP uh, and should continue if he does come back to play. Um, after that, though, Wentz is shaky, um, but and, and he's not confident in his output, even if he is on a better team. I think that Wentz might have a great bounce back year with that offensive line, though, personally. That was a Josh sidebar. Um, running back, B minus grade. Gibson and CH are solid options, um, and they have the plus side of being young, but beyond that, crickets wide receiver a minus grade plethora plethora of wide receiver two options for the future uh such as claypool yuck um aforementioned um and then you also got some of those veteran locker room presences of adam thielen and tyler lockett um so you can have you can ride them out until it's time to take them to pasture and then uh, claypool and yuck can take over tight end d plus grade um i chose creative coloring words uh, to describe kind of what I was reading in Jack's description. So uh, dumpster fire of trash pandas, um, just because Hurst and Sternberger are um, your top options. And well, <laughs> Sternberger isn't even the top option on his mom's fantasy team. Oh, um, no. So, and then Hayden Hurst is just the worst. Um, 21 prediction. You are one injury away to Rogers or CEH, and you'll be looking at a four and 10 record. Solid draft and smart moves could mean contention versus a repeat of no moves in 2020 and sitting in the middle of the pack. So he he's suggesting that you get out there, you hit the waiver wire running, and you start picking up a bunch of dudes that are going to be dudes, you know? Just guys being dudes, eh? So that was the that was the jester. Jesse, you were eighth in his pre-draft power rankings, and then he graded your draft an A plus. Jesse had the best draft grade of anyone in the 2021 rookie draft. So Jesse, congrats. He thought you improved your team, but pre-draft if your power ranking was in the eighth spot, 2021 is probably not too bright for you. 
Uh, yeah. All right, we'll move on to Team 6 here, which is T, the poor bastard. He had a lights-out year, but I, if I remember correctly, he had just had the most points against and then had a bad, uh, bad game in the playoffs. So T may be a better team than how he finished. Um, starting with quarterbacks, T, you have Patrick Mahomes, the end, according to Jack. That's, I mean, I have to concur. Patrick Mahomes is a lights-out option. Big Ben and Daniel Jones behind him, but, I mean, you're never going to play anyone that isn't Patrick Mahomes. A-plus for your uh, quarterbacks. For running backs, T has DeAndre Smith, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Miles Sanders. Uh, very very top-heavy, very lights-out group of uh, starting running backs. So Jack similarly gave you an A for your running back group. Jack, very complimentary of your team, T. Uh, for receivers, he thinks this room's a little balanced. It's hard to have all the star power you had in your wide receiver or in your running back room. So he's got Chris Godwin, Juju, um, Funchess, Crowder, uh, Michael Gallup. Um, so, I mean, obviously not all the star power of Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift, but um, still a pretty balanced room, he feels. He feels like there's plenty of good starters here. He gave you a B-plus on your wide receivers. And then he said, finally, a decent tight end room. Um, he said, you probably have my second favorite tight end behind Team 1, which is my team, uh, but significantly behind. So I'm clearly the best tight end guy in the whole league, which means absolutely nothing if I can't win any games. But T, he thinks your tight end room of Tyler Higby, George Kittle, and Adam Troutman, uh, among others, is the best or the second best in the league. And so that group gets an A. For your 2021 uh, prediction, T, this was, again, pre-draft, but he says, Overall, I ended up liking this team a lot as I broke it down. There truly isn't a whole lot of weakness, especially in the starting lineup. You have a top 2-3 option at both quarterback and tight end, um, usually the most stream positions, plus a top 3 RB and two more that could easily be top 12 this year. Same with wide receiver, where Julio was a wide receiver 1 when healthy, followed by two others that have that had down years last year but should at least finish top 25 and... Um, and have been a wide receiver one before that. Your depth is the only thing that isn't perfect, but honestly, besides running back, all the positions feel fine even there. I think depending on how healthy Julio stays and barring some big injury to one of your top options at another position, there's no reason you shouldn't compete for a title again like in 2019 and should be competitive for years to come just based off Mahomes and Kittle alone. Make uh, make sure to be ahead of the cliff for your wide receivers so you can fill in guys that drop off with new, young, uh, young and upcoming talent. Someone's giving me a phone call. And this has the makings of one of the most balanced rosters. So T, he really thinks you're doing stuff. Um, he gave you a uh, he gave you the third uh, in the power rankings, so he thought your team was third best pre-draft, but T... Your uh, your draft pick of Amari Rogers, sixth overall, definitely had Jack questioning you. He gave your your draft grade was a D, dead last in the league. T. So you've got uh, he thinks your team was great pre-draft, but um, uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't like your like your drafting. So that's how T is going to do, Josh. Who do we got next at Team Seven? Jalen. So we can go on a teammate. Oh no, Josh. Be he nice. doesn't even listen to this. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Jalen. And Jalen with 3,676 words to break down, uh, we get, uh, we got this. We actually pulled a quote from Jalen's, um, from the Jack himself. I see a team that clearly enjoys trading so much as that's what dynasty is all about making moves, whether you want any of these trades remains to be seen. A couple things stuck out there. One, uh, the Antonio Brown trade that I made with him a couple years ago. I appreciate that because that's how I got <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Jack, uh, Jack did not mention that trade, I don't believe. Uh, two, 
We'll, we'll get to my point, my second point when you evaluate the, the number 10 team. Uh, but 2020 in review, moves were made that, or the moves you made were that of a win now team, uh, some decent waiver wire ads with Mooney and Wilson Jr. throughout the season. So good job there. Uh, position wise, QBs, he gave you a B. Plus, uh, since no QB on your roster necessarily shines like an A player would. Um, age and factor, or age is a factor, and looking for backups now would be a priority. Um, I forgot to write down who he has, so I'm just going to go ahead and guess Stafford and for, Ryan. For what position? Um, Sorry, quarterback Jalen. Uh, give um, me. He's got Brady for sure, and I believe he has. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Brady, 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 and Stafford. Okay. Um, RB room B minus grade, and it's but still concerned of it as a whole. J.K. Dobbins has that high ceiling um, in a run-first offense, but a lower floor than the rest might. Eckler has a lock for 20 plus touches um, with a high floor. After that, it is a shell of uh, David Johnson remaining. Um, I also made a note here that um, he's low on eight or Jack is low on AJ Dillon um, because of the Jones resigning. And I just said the ignorance Aaron Jones didn't even get the bulk of the carries last year. <laughs> um, wide receiver or the bulk of the snaps, I should say. Um so I think AJ Dillon's going to have a solid season because Jamal Williams had 50% of the carries and he's in Detroit now. Um, wide receiver, A grade. Metcalf, Allen Robinson, third, and Will Fuller are all wide receiver ones. Uh, Fuller may struggle with two as quarterback, but he's still better than most wide receiver, wide receiver three options. Uh, tight ends, he gave you a B or an incomplete grade. Hawkinson should be a top five tight end for years to come, um, but you don't have a second tight end. So um, there's that. Feel or 2021 predictions feels good about your chances this year, but an injury to Hawkinson or one of your RBs could um, could set off the rebuild bat alarm. Um, retirement from David Johnson or Brady in the next few years makes uh, running back and quarterback a priority. Uh, be smarter with your moves. Making moves is awesome. Just make smart ones just make smart ones huh all right jalen he had you fifth in his power ranking so right in the middle of the league and he liked your draft fourth best so you got a grade of an a and you had the fourth best draft per jack's ranking so not bad i mean top five in both but both categories so he thinks you're going places i don't know if he thinks you're going to take the title but he'll be up there jalen uh, moving on to Team 8, which is the Con Mad, a.k.a. AIDS Ted himself, Connor. Um, starting off with the QB position, Connor has Josh Allen. And so, um, I mean, that's a stud. Everyone in Dynasty would love to have Josh Allen right about now. Uh, Jack is worried about your people behind Josh Allen, as I believe his second best is Drew Locke, and I haven't updated what I have on the sheet so maybe connor has made a move but i mean josh allen's going to be his you know his every week starter he also picked up sam darnold as well but uh, he noted there's a lot of turnover in your qb room from last year he, he questions dropping Jameis, but um you know you made the move at a time when you didn't know Jameis could potentially be the same starter so way she goes he thinks your qb room is an easy a uh just with josh allen alone moving on to running backs um so jack did a review for us last year and jack starts out by saying i stand by my thoughts last year of holy hell this is an absurdity of riches here and for reference connor has christian mccaffrey saquon barkley ezekiel elliott and nick chubb and kareem hunt so you know i also have to echo a holy hell but um you know connor's had these guys and he only has one championship and came in third i think two years in a row so 
Connor kind of stinks, but anyways, uh, running He's back only played three of the five too. So exactly. uh, overall, I mean, he gave your running back position an A plus plus plus. So I mean, easily Connor has the best running back room in the league, but, um, you know, you can only play so many of them. So, I mean, maybe trade someone or, you know, do something because you're not winning championships, bud. So, moving on to wide receivers, Jackson, you need to take a cold shower to calm down from your uh, wide running back room. But moving on to wide receivers, you have Cooper Cup, T. Higgins, Kenny Galladay, uh, and Denzel Mims. Also picked up rookie CeeDee Lamb last year, so he thinks you don't necessarily have that true, true top-end elite talent. Um um, but just overall a show of depth he gives you a strong b plus for your running or your wide receiver room with the potential for an a minus if cd improves like he expects so cd is his candidate for being that true true top end elite but it's just not 100 percent proven yet moving on to your tight end room um i mean you have travis kelsey so that's like an easy a he covers the whole category for you he says your only worry in the tight end room is not having really good depth behind him jared cook oj howard i mean those those guys you hope are never in your starting lineup so um you get an a for having travis kelsey but he would implore you to maybe get a second option connor your 2021 prediction pre-draft from jack vickers was obviously a season isn't one on paper and anything can happen see your injuries last year but this team has to be about the strongest of any i've ever seen heading into a season just looking at it i mean you have the qb1 from last year the unquestioned rb1 three other rbs that uh should all be drafted in the first round of redraft leagues the unquestioned tight end one and your wide receivers are still at least middle of the pack if not better there really is no weakness with this team and the depth is impressive at your running back and your wide receiver the two toughest to find depth for i think this team is a lock to finish the regular season with a top two record and probably most points scored barring a crazy injury or two as other than health all of your players feel very safe aka not expecting a sudden drop off or let down season once the playoffs start anything can happen but if i were a betting man i'd be shocked if i loved teen at nine or ten more so jack obviously wrote this sequentially uh more than years at least initially no excuse not to win a ship in the next year or two so he really loves your team connor um he had you number one in the power ranking so after he did grade team nine and grade ten he uh, had you number one in the pre-draft power rankings and he graded your draft with a b which is seventh overall but i mean a b is still a pretty good draft you were drafting at ninth there's only so much you can do but yeah he uh he thinks you're gonna be the best going into this year connor so we'll see he said that last year too and look what happened third hey uh Moving on to Derek and his whopping 4,962 second place finish of words. Um, are you okay over there, Wheezy? No. Uh, his 2020 interview, you got ripped apart uh, uh, with the trade of Chubb and Galladay for Green, Ingram, and Hill. There might have been more picks involved, but you got ripped apart for that. Um, I think you also had Hunt in with Chubb. In, and Galladay, but um, but then you turn around with a trade that he loved in the Montgomery trade with only giving up Coleman and John Ross. Um, you were also the first guy on the Robinson train in free agency, and you are rivaling Connor for the powerhouse or favorite team. Position-wise, QB, A+. Plus. Top option is going to be Wilson, but Herbert's nipping at his heels for the future, so you have some solid dynasty depth. That's what it's all about. RBs, B minus to C. Montgomery is a stud, but Connor can be a stud or dud in Arizona, um, depending on how that offense shakes up. Robinson's dependent on the draft, as any player with capital will take over. Um, 
the top in Jacksonville and, and then Cohen is a solid handcuff, but the rest are irrelevant. Um, wide receivers, you got an A, A minus, you got a young core with AJ Brown and studs with Tyree kill and Thomas, um, which makes a scary starting three. But after that, the drop off, um, only has some highlights with Cole Beasley and Jones. Then that's if Cole Beasley doesn't retire. Um, Tight end, B minus. Cole Komet was consensus tight end one for the 2020 draft and should be a borderline tight end in the future. Other tight ends on the roster are well past their prime. Gronk, Ertz, and Ebron. Uh, Jack says Komet could be a borderline tight end one near the end of the season this season. 2021 prediction. Contender top four team. Less confident entering 2021 versus 2020 um, since your RV room now poses the biggest question marks without Chubb, uh, but he expects a semi- he expects a semifinals loss and would rather see you make moves to improve the future and running back room as opposed to getting second third years in a row. Oh no. So I, I mean, I might've misread it when I was typing that up, but the way I interpreted it was he'd rather you tank than take second. Interesting. That's, that's a take and a half for sure. That's uh that's interesting. All right, Derek, he had you fourth overall in his power rankings, and then he graded your draft a B, but it was in eighth place, so lots of Bs and As in front of you. It's hard to do super great when you're drafting from the ninth position anyways, but that's what he gave you was a B, which was eighth best in the league. Moving on to the last team, Josh. It's uh, that's our champion team. Uh, it's a uh, bit of an arrogant guy. You want to show the, you want to show the kids at home the trophy to make yourself feel better? Or? It's sleeping. Oh, okay, well. Moving on to quarterback Josh, we'll uh, we'll dive right in here. He likes uh, oh, what happened. My document just went blight for a sec. There we go. All right. He said, well, this position definitely feels different than a year ago, to say the least. He lost Brees to retirement, if I remember right, but it's not like he was doing a whole lot in your fantasy team last year anyways. Also, Deshaun Watson, what the hell's going on there? He likes the fact that you're keeping the... Um, the Saints bloodline alive rostering both Jameis and Taysom Hill, but we'll just have to sh- wait and see what shakes down. Overall, he gave you for your quarterbacks. He would have given you a B minus, but he's upgrading you to a B plus for your smart strategy of grabbing both Saints QBs. Josh, good for you, buddy. Uh, moving on to running backs. He says very, very strong top half of running back here, albeit with not much depth. I feel com- that he feels comfortable with. Josh has Aaron Jones, Alvin, and Alvin. Kamara. Joe Mixon would probably be third best on that list. Um, so he thinks your top three guys are great, but then Todd Gurley, on Johnson, and Devin Singletary behind it. Even if Devin Singletary is the starter, he feels that Devin Singletary has proved that he is not hot shit. But since uh, we just we have to assume on your starters and we can't predict all these injuries here and there, he's going to give you an A for the starting core, but no A plus for your lack of the depth, Josh. So don't get that A plus, buddy. Moving on to wide receiver, he says your receiver room is ju- looking just as solid. Maybe slightly less top-end power, but a lot more depth. For reference, Josh has Devonta Adams, Robert Woods, Stephon Diggs, Terry McLaurin, and, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, need I say more? Or have, hey, you, dro- have you dropped him? He's a tight end. Well, I mean, is he? Well, he's not very tight, but he plays <laughs> tight end. 
overall, he thinks your wide receivers get a solid A+. I mean, Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams in your weekly starting lineup. That is going to be hard to compete with, and thus why Josh was a champion one year ago. Um, he thinks your tight end position, uh, having a top four guy, is great for you. Mandrews, it's always hard to know what's going to happen in that Baltimore passing offense, but he thinks just having Mandrews alone is good enough for a B-plus grade. Um, Hunter Henry now in New England and Oster Hooper behind that. I mean, hard to go wrong, Josh. Your 2021 prediction. Overall, there's no reason to think this team won't be dominant again in 2021. Injuries can happen, but you are so stacked across the board that the only thing I can see derailing you is multiple injuries to two or more of your starting running backs and wide receivers, as you have at least three great options at both to cover you if just one un- one injury were to happen. Even losing Deshaun for the year could be covered by your Jameis slash Taysom stack if they pan out like I think, or by drafting a top rookie uh, QB. Who knows what will happen in the playoffs, but this team and team number eight, I feel like the two safest bets to lead the league in regular season and dominate for the foreseeable future. With that being said, Josh, do you feel like your whole team is doomed now? Yes. Uh, Josh, in the pre, uh, pre-draft power rankings, he had you second, only behind Connor. And in the uh, draft grade rankings, he gave you an A, which is best for third, only behind Jesse and me for draft grades. So um, those are all the teams. A quick run through the power rankings pre-draft and then the draft grades one more time, just because we set them separately, and I'll just say them all in a row here. So the power rankings pre-draft, we had Connor, then Josh in second, T in third, fourth Derek, fifth Jalen, sixth Brad, seventh Kevin, eighth Jesse, ninth Gar, and tenth Brian. Moving on to the draft grades, though, Jesse um, in first with an A+, Gar in second with an A, Josh in third with an A, Jalen in fourth with an A, Kevin in fifth with an A, Brad brings us the first B in sixth, Connor has another B in seventh, Derek in eighth with a B, Brian in ninth with a c plus and then t dead last with a d so yeah those are all our dynasty teams and that was really really loud in my ear josh are you gonna win this league again or what well that's the plan just because i don't want to have to give anybody else the trophy it looks so good on my floor does it oh yeah Well, Jack, I would like to take a moment to say I do sincerely appreciate you typing all this up. I mean, it's going to be hard uh, for podcast people to appreciate the work you put in, but uh, the league members who get to read it will appreciate it, I'm sure, the time to break down their team and your thoughts and then your post-draft grades, which we didn't even talk about. Uh, I mean, we talked about the grades, but not your thoughts, so they'll have to read the doc to get those, but appreciate you taking the time pal it actually does mean a lot to me even if it's uh hard to convey that through a podcast josh that was the whole yes. dynasty. that was that was the whole hood dynasty i always put i already put all right all in addition i put down deflate these balls we'd restarted that last year how do we feel after year one just a quick thought how did your draft go how do you feel going into year two i hate it i mean i hated my draft when it happened um I guess I don't know. I we'll see. I started off five and zero, and I missed the playoffs, so that's fun. Did you shed any tears? No, no. It's it's. I'm cursed. I can never make the playoffs in that league. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm not crying. I'm not crying. 
So, so I mean, the, the auction startup was interesting. We don't have to go too deep into it, but it's just, it's an interesting concept and kind of the personality you are, you're kind of the guy to not overpay. You're kind of the guy to wait and hope to find value later. So, I mean, anyone who knew you at all would know that that was your strategy going in. Do you feel like what your experience has been since you, has permanently changed if you ever went into another Dynasty startup auction draft or you think you'd end up doing the same thing just because you don't like to overpay? I'd probably do the same thing. All things considered, you'd go in with the same exact strategy, eh? Probably. I mean, that's all right. That's the way Sorry, she goes. I'm, I'm trying to do something here. There we go. I got him. What, what there he is, Geis. Go ahead. He, he had his charges dropped, so I added him to my roster. <laughs> you feel good Since, about it? No. He's not on a team, so maybe he'll get picked up by a team that needs a running back after injury. Um, I was trying to find something since we were talking about the Hidden Oaks Overdose League. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen on Sleeper here, but they have the league history with our cumulative win percent records, points for, and all that jazz. Oh, I haven't. I don't think I've checked that out. No. So we have obviously you tanked last year, so kind of skews your overall win percentage. But yep. we have. Do you want to guess how many teams are over sixty percent win? percentage two four i mean that's that's more than i thought it would be if since there's only 10 double teams. what you thought yeah um i was surprised too um i i'm at 66 derek's at 64 connor and jalen are 61 uh t and brian aka nate um are at 51 or did brad take nate's team no nope, brian did um, Brad is at 46, Kevin's at 35, you're at 33, and then Jesse's at 28. That's four points four. Um, 5,675 for the top, 4,596 for the bottom. So given that this has been for three years, only a thousand point difference isn't necessarily a lot considering, I mean, well, like I said, you tanked. Oh, never mind. It's not in that order. So. Let's see, 4,339 is the low, and that's Kevin. But he also had seven guys who had retired on his roster when you took it over. So <laughs> That's correct. Let um, it, oh, good. Sorry. Transactions. Which team do you think is leading in transactions? Jalen. Jalen or Derek? <laughs> How dare you? It's you. Really? In transactions? 158 transactions over the three years. Uh, coming in in second is Derek with 114, then Jalen with 104. Um, so, I mean, the two guys I picked were second and third, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Connor is 97, Brian, a.k.a. Nate, 84. I am tied with Bradley's team at 74. Um, T, 49. Kevin, 60. Jesse, Jesse what is going to have seven? Oh, 54? 54. Those are probably sure those are all picks. hammer. Oh, draft picks. <laughs> Jesse doesn't do anything, dude. Oh, man. He even tracks the number of messages. Um, all time weekly high scores. So, number one, uh, in 2018, week 10, I scored 236 points. 20, or in, yeah, 2018, week 10. 2019, week 15, Connor, 234. I'm not going to keep reading that. Um, All-time player <laughs> high scores. Elvin Kamara, 2020 week 16, championship week 54. Is that um, good? Yeah. Tyreek Hill, 2020 week 12, 53. Yep. Just going to stop it there. 
yeah interesting stats for sure i mean it i mean i don't i don't even know if sleeper existed in 2016 when we started this league but i am definitely sad that we don't have the first two years in there just because it would be cool to see like the whole length of the dynasty league um you know but that's just the way she goes so let it be known for oh, whoever yeah. whoever heard my 33 win percentage or whatever my championship year is not included in that i won the championship on flea flicker okay so and then jordan Oof, won the i forgot about the flea flicker league yeah i was thinking espn for the first one but no yeah espn was our first year then we moved to flea flicker and then we we're like flea flicker stinks for like the user experience is great for commissioners so then you uh you had introduced us to sleeper and then we had uh you know we've been making love to sleeper ever since I mean, they've definitely stepped their game up too. I think yeah, sleep. I mean, Sleeper does a couple things weird, and I mean, they're a small team, but I love Sleeper overall personally. So they've got a really good uh, support staff too. If you have questions, they'll get back to you pretty quick. Yeah, Twitter and uh, Brooks Brothers on Reddit's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's we spent a lot of time on it, but there's a lot to talk about, Josh. There's ten teams, and there's three hundred players, and there's you know the taxi squad and a draft of uh, fifty players. So plenty to talk about and break down. Sixty five pages to skim through. So let's move on here. I've got one more segment, just a real quickie. So we're, we said we were going to do summer shows, and I don't know if you just agreed to it blindly without actually thinking about it. Do we still want to do at least one show in July? Do we want to do multiple? How are we feeling for the rest of summer? Do we just want to come back with a regular programming in August? Well, I think that since this was a little bit shaky, we may need a little bit more reps, some practice reps before we get going in the regular season. So um, I guess we do have our preseason, but, you know, we need our OTAs as well. Sure. So a little bit of training um, camp and yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we could talk about a little quite a bit. Maybe, maybe Josh will have the motivation to actually finish what he's working on for a special project for the website. And we can uh, discuss that. Um, so that's probably out the door, not going to happen, but um that's you're raping people's ears right now josh i think we could talk about it i think we should do at least one show in july maybe maybe one in july and then kick it off with our preseason in august sure so i guess my only question for you so obviously the show right now is pretty segmented like right now we've got like you know at least we had six segments tonight with the intro and the outro so i mean are you thinking you want to do like another thing like this like you talked about you could talk about your thing for the website or do we want to do like other podcasts i like that aren't so segmented like ours would just be long-form conversations about stuff and we could just talk about i mean we've done a reintroduction so it'd be it'd be silly for us to talk about each other but we could talk about brian or you know fantasy football i wrote down we could interview each other um you know just on some deep or silly questions i to talk to you about psychology before you have a psychology degree um you know just maybe more of a much more long form flowing conversation versus segment here segment there segment there that sort of thing so i don't i don't know if you have any thoughts on that but i mean not necessarily but uh i do think that I'm, I'm do I'm wondering if you're going to get an email that says scam artist, uh, from a certain contributor of the Skybuster nation. Um, I could see it right now getting rid of segments after I gave you my money. Okay. I see how it is. So I'm sponsoring nothing. Um, no, I don't know. We can talk about it. Yeah, and the the fans can let us know too in the Discord server or as a YouTube comment. Or I'm gonna, I think by the fall I'm gonna, I'm not won't get rid of the Facebook page, but I'm gonna stop talking about it. So Facebook's pretty much dead. Either hit us up in the email or Discord or whatever. But yeah, I mean I don't know. The long form conversations are interesting to me, but maybe we just can't come up with a good topic that uh, would work. But 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. Just something to think about, and we can talk about it, and the, the people listening can let us know what they'd like to hear in July. So, Josh, I feel like oh, ahead, last sorry. year, if we were to take out the two-minute drill last year, and and like the obviously the, the Faye 5 um, is um, an outlier as well, but if we were to take out the two-minute drill, it, it kind of flowed like a normal conversation for the most part. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm not maybe. saying our podcast was bad. I was just saying maybe you well, know, change I, I it up mean, a bit. Go, hang on. Don't be hasty here. We are bad. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not saying we're significantly worse than mediocre. How's that? No. All right. Let's move into the outro, Josh. You can go back and join your wife and so I can uh, get everything closed down so I have time to get to Fast 9 tonight. Um, what time does it start? 10? Uh, I bought my ticket. Uh, there was a 7 and a 7.30 option. I pushed it back to 7.30, but I still have stuff to do post-show, and I, I still have a couple of chores I have to do before uh, I can actually leave for the movie. So, I mean, yeah, you got to get there in time to eat your six buckets of popcorn before it starts. <laughs> Dude, I'm buying the biggest fucking popcorn they got, I tell you that. Uh, yeah, so if any any final words, Josh? I mean, we'll be back, you know, probably mid-July, and we'll be talk- by July we'll be talking rule changes, and end of, the jo- end of July will be the lottery barbecue and all that. So any final words for the folks between now and, like, the next three, four weeks? No, but just going back to your popcorn bit, mm-hmm. just drag in a kiddie pool. Just <laughs> fill her. <laughs> fill her up, Ted. Imagine the guy's named Ted behind the counter for some reason. And then, and then, when, then when you reach just for the popcorn, you go, no, boy. <laughs> This is the butter one. I got to go get the truck for the popcorn. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I'll do that tonight at Fast 9. Uh, we already talked about that we will be back at least one more time in July. So probably, you know, two, three weeks. We'll post on Facebook, but we really want to be moving to Discord. So, you know, Brian, you're probably the only one I see that being a, an, an entry barrier. or barrier to entry, just you'll have to download the one more app, I know. But then you won't have to go on Facebook anymore. So it'll be a tit for tat. Um, five total apps, Brian. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he had to download Sleeper. He had to figure out how to draft his own players. I mean, this guy's been struggling. Uh, we have, oh, uh, one thing to mention. We have a YouTube exclusive content. It won't be in our, you know, our audio podcast, but Jack did break down his live draft thoughts. We posted that on Monday. So if you want to go watch that, that's only on YouTube, but you can find that on our YouTube channel. Um, HiddenOaksOverdose at gmail.com, anchor.fm slash hoodpod are places you can interact with us, as well as our brand new Discord server, link in bio. HiddenOaksOverdose.com is where you can find Josh's baby. There's some leak history there of our our league of records not a perfect website but um we have spent i think a total of 26 dollars on it in total and that's literally just for maintaining the domain so everything else has been free to my knowledge unless josh has spent some dollars which i assume he has not so uh check out josh's baby over there though yeah i mean that's that's all we got i have to i wasn't ready for the go to sleep bit so i now have to click on that but josh i love you we'll see you in july and uh yeah hope the movie's good Join our Discord. Love you. Bye. Esto no es Pat McAfee, pero esta Red Gatorade. <laughs> You're special, yeah. Josh. That's uh, what my mom tells me. All right. Deuces. Miss you already.